Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in 508-996-0500 or you can hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app if uh, if you want to call in and chime in. Um, let's see. We've got some app chat messages that have been coming in and let me kind of bring that back up. Hold on. My computer's working a little bit slow. Let me go back to the first one. Uh, Spior in New Bedford says, why are we paying for Butler Flats Lighthouse restoration? Wasn't that sold? Isn't that private property now? Uh, so Nick Korstad is the person who bought it back in 2016. Uh, and I know Nick a little bit because he purchased the Borden Flats Lighthouse, which was, I forget what year that was. But he bought that and he turned it into a bed and breakfast like you can take a boat over there and you can stay on the lighthouse for the night and i don't know if this is going to i don't know if he ended up having to sell it off i don't know what ended up happening he paid eighty thousand dollars for the lighthouse in a november 2015 um auction so i'm not sure what happened with it from there because nick has a good track record of owning and restoring lighthouses. He's done it beyond even just uh, Borden Flats and Fall River. He's done it at a number of different lighthouses. He started as a young kid. I think he was like 18 years old, 18, 19 years old, buying lighthouses and restoring them. And he's very good at it. He's been featured on TV shows and all that. So I'm not, I'm not sure why uh, he would not, why he, why there would be Community Preservation Act funding going to that. I'd have to find out more about that. Um, Let's see. Uh, Dan in New Bedford says, I swear you're on a different planet. I know you don't want to be in the world that I live in because I've said that before. But, man, you are out there. You honestly feel most people want to give up everything they're getting for free. You are blind. Well, no, I mean statistics back up what it is that I'm saying. Um, There's a number of different studies out there. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like a study has been done um, in the last couple of years, which I'm sure might be uh, shifted a bit because of the pandemic. But the general numbers from, you know, not that long ago, say that the average amount of time that people are getting these benefits, if it's four months or less, that's about 50%. Five to 12 months, 29%. 13 to 20 months, 9.2%. And more than 20 months, the people who stay on it forever, 
the people who are generational welfare families. 11.3%. And by the way, that 11.3% will include people who are getting other benefits as well. So it's not, you know, people who are getting SSI and, and, and SNAP and WIC and all that stuff. At least I think so. From this, uh, looking at this graph. So they're saying that, you know, basically 70% of people who are on it are on it for no more than a year. So just because, and, and there's a great story here. Let me see if I can find the um, the story here. Dur, 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 dur. This comes from theconversation.com. And it says, when Americans talk about receiving public assistance, food stamps, disability, unemployment payments, and other government help, they often have stereotypes and inaccurate perceptions of those people who, of who those people are and what their lives are like. Statistics can help clarify the picture by challenging false stereotypes of undeserving people gaming the system, but people's stories about their own experiences can be more memorable and therefore more effective in changing minds. And that's what it is. The anecdotal stories that you know of the people who have abused it, who are in that 11.3%, and by the way, are not a majority. Well, I shouldn't say they're not a majority, but they're not the full 11.3%. Just because somebody's on it for you know, a longer period of time doesn't mean that they're, they're milking the system. Some people have to be on it for longer periods of time. So they're a portion of that 11.3%, but because what you've seen with your own eyes is what you know, or you know what you're willing to accept as as the truth of the situation, then you're allowing that small percentage of the overall amount of people that receive that to represent what you think the entire program is about, and it's not true. And you know how I know it's not true because I got an app chat message from somebody else who says, "For the last caller who said women on welfare don't get off it, I have to disagree. I was on welfare for a year and I had seven kids." got off totally and work three jobs to support my kids without government assistance. It's not everyone that abuses the system. Yeah, and the statistics prove that. Because if 70% of the people who receive these benefits get get off those benefits within a year, it's hard to say that people are, you know, overwhelmingly abusing the system. It's a portion of that 11.3%. And I don't want to turn today into a you know, in a, in a debate about welfare. That's not the point here. The point here is about the Community Preservation Act. That's what I'm trying to discuss here. Like I said, I ran very loose numbers, but the way that I figured it out, and if I'm wrong, somebody can correct me. If uh, if my math is wrong, I think my math is right. You know how I know my math is right? I used a calculator in the internet to figure it out. I didn't try to do it on my own. But according to the websites that I could find, the average home price in New Bedford is, I took the higher number, 353000 And then that means that at the $15.54, per $1,000 tax rate, you know, 353 times $15.54 comes out to $5,485.62. The CPA surcharge in New Bedford is 1.5%. That comes out to $82.29. 
Divide that by 12, $6.86 is what you were giving up in taxes, what you were paying in, in taxes to keep the CPA going, which, by the way, is matched by the state. So we, I, I mentioned that at the beginning of the program this morning where I said CPA funds, this is from the city's website, CPA funds can be matched by other sources leveraging funding for projects benefiting the city. So it's not just the state match. To date, over $7.2 million in additional funding has been received by projects funded by New Bedford CPA. Additional funding, not just the money that you paid into it. You got $7.2 million. Because you participate in this program. Because you give up $6.86 per month to go toward this. There's a brand new Starbucks right off Cogsall Street. If you go over there and get whatever a large is, I don't know, is it a grande, a venti, I don't know. Whatever the large coffee is over there, you're probably paying $6.86. If you go through the Dunkin' drive through and you get a coffee and, and a donut, you're probably paying $6.86. You're paying twice that for, you know, going out to lunch. You're paying twice that if you smoke a pack of cigarettes. $6.86 probably doesn't even put a dent in what, what some people spend in the lottery. Or other things that they do. $6.86. That's that's what it's costing you to get historic preservation, open space improvements, park improvements, playground improvements, and, oh, yeah, by the way, housing. You know, the same thing that they're telling you is a crisis, which it is. I mean, I'm not saying that it isn't. But, the you know, the city council that is telling you well, the housing is an issue and we need to propose we need to take the, the voter's temperature on rent stabilization. Is also saying, but we don't want to take this $6.86 from you anymore, part of which goes to help with housing. And I said it before, I'll say it again. If you were one of the people that called the counselors saying, I don't want to pay this CPA money anymore, call me and tell me that. I'm not calling them liars, but I'm also not thinking that it's a, a big overwhelming Amount of people. Six dollars and eighty six cents. I'm going to keep repeating that from now until November. And I'm happy to give you the links to communitypreservation.org and, and to the city's website where it talks about the direct projects, which, by the way, the city councilors just approved those projects using the CPA money that they apparently think doesn't need to be there anymore. Or I should say some counselors think shouldn't be there anymore, even though they voted to put it on the ballot. $6.86. And yes, I understand people are going through hard times. I could play the Dusty Roads promo right now. That's hard times, daddy. I know you're all going through hard times. We all are. But like if somebody told me let me let me give you an example, okay? 
all the bills that I pay have probably told me. You could save as much as $6.86 a month if you sign up for auto pay. And I said, nah, nah, forget it. I'll just keep remembering to go on the 15th and the 1st and pay, pay these bills. I don't know. I don't trust your auto pay. That's how my $100 bill turns into a $1,000 bill because somebody made a mistake. Nope, nope. Don't trust your auto pay. I'll keep the $6.86 a month. Like, I don't care about saving that on my bills when I can. Why would I care about having to pay it for all the great things that you get? If $82.29 is that much of a burden for you already on your tax bill, then maybe they should find another way to cut that $82 for you. Like, oh, I don't know, not giving extraneous pay reclassifications to people. Or maybe you can work out a program. I know, God forbid, I'm going to start talking about tax breaks and seniors. And I know I know this is going to call into everybody. This is going to turn into what it turned into last week, which is everybody completely misunderstanding what was being said and completely turning around what was said. Because Linda Morad apparently told seniors they have to get out and volunteer, which is not what happened. When she was talking about a variety of different ways to help people lessen their tax load, she was saying, and maybe we could have seniors get a tax break if they volunteer. So we can keep talking about that. Right now, though, let's go into the newsroom. Uh, we've got Kate Robinson with some breaking news. Hello, yes, I just have a bit of an update from Akushnet Public Schools. They say all after-school activities have been canceled today due to the weather. All right, thank you so much. Of course. That's Akushnet Public Schools. That's right. All right. We will uh, we will certainly have all of those updates for you if you go to WBSM.com. We have the closings and cancellation form up there. Uh, and, you know, not only is it there for the parents and the people who need to look at that to find out if there's cancellations, but to anybody that has to make a cancellation, whether you be a business, a school, a municipality, whatever it may be, go to that page on our website. It's right there at the top in the, the what we call the What's Hot, What's Hot bar. The trending bar, it's right up there at the top. Click on closings and cancellations. And in that is a link to sign up for the Rhode Island Broadcasters Association reporting, which is what that chart is that shows up with all the closings and cancellations. That is a widget that is put together by the Rhode Island Broadcasters Association, which is the widget that we use to embed in there. So... If you want to report a closing, that's the way to do it. You create an account there, and then when you have a closing, you sign into that account and you put in the closing. For years, people have called into the newsroom. For years, people have, you know, there was a code that you had to give us, so we knew it was really you and it wasn't some kid trying to get school canceled for the day. And that is an antiquated system anymore. Uh, It's an antiquated system now. We're not doing that anymore. If you have a closing or cancellation, put it up on that site. Sign up for that site. That's the best way to do it because you are then talking directly to the people. We are just the middleman that has it on our website. So you can get the accurate information out there and you can get it out there fast. Because so many times people would call, there'd be a hundred voicemails, you know, during a storm. We wouldn't get to them all, and then somebody would say, well, why didn't you report that this school was closed or this place was closed? It's like because there was a 100 
phone messages, we're liable to miss one. This way here, it's all on you to install it into that widget, and it's easy. You just go in there and you sign in and you say, um, you know, you log in and it says, what's the date that you're closed? And you tell them the date or if the, is it, are you closed? Are you going to have a delayed opening? What is it going to be? And then they just publish it as soon as you put it in there. And then everybody will know. So please, if you have a report, if you have a cancellation to report, that's the best way to do it. That's the best way to do it is by doing it yourself. At WBSM.com, just click on Closings and Cancellations and you can sign up there. All right, I have to take a break. When we come back, more of your phone calls, 508-996-0500 or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. We'll be right back. And, and, and listen, as much as my son loved the movie Cars when he was a kid and we had to listen to the Cars soundtrack over and over again, that's that's the real version of that song, the original version. Well, I, actually, I think it might have even been a cover for Tom Cochran. I'll have to look it up. But anyway, Tom Cochran, formerly of uh, Red Rider, one of the classic Canadian bands that people just don't know anything about. You know, you know their hit Lunatic Fringe, though. Anyway, 508-996-0500, that is the number to call in and chime in, or you can do so via app chat on the WBSM app. Uh, we got an app chat message from Mr. M in New Bedford. Tim, I don't understand this housing shortage. How many homeless people do we have in the city? You want to build more houses, more apartments, and you're going to have the schools are already overflowing. If you can't find a house in New Bedford, look somewhere else, Fall River, Taunton, Lakeville. I don't understand it. Uh, well, there's there's... A difference. So what you're talking about is, it sounds like somebody that's looking to go and, and buy a home. And I don't think that that's the, the issue here. I think if you want to buy a home in New Bedford, there's homes to be had and they're still, they're still cheaper than they are in the surrounding communities. We're talking about renters. We're talking about people who are looking to rent a place and you're not going to find cheaper in the suburbs than you will in the city. Although it's getting to the point where it might be on par uh, it's just it's it's always been cheaper to live in the city, especially in certain parts of the city. So if you need a three bedroom, there's a big difference between getting a three bedroom apartment in New Bedford versus having to get a three bedroom house in Lakeville. So I don't I don't understand the equivalency. I don't understand. Um, well, I mean, unless you just weren't aware of the fact that it's you know renters that are the the issue here. And they do need to build more housing. It's, it, it, the, the point of it not being that you're not seeing a bunch of homeless people on the street, that doesn't mean that there are people that don't have homes, that there aren't people that don't have homes. Homelessness isn't just somebody sleeping on a doorstep. It's people who are staying with relatives when, you know, the relative doesn't have the space for them, but they don't want them to be out in the cold either. It's people who are couch surfing, you know, sleeping on somebody's couch until they wear out their welcome and then just going somewhere else, which is actually a big problem in the schools, especially with the older kids. You have people who live in shelters or 
you know, temporary housing situations like living in a motel or a hotel or Holiday Inn. I know I couldn't help it. I had to say it. Uh, people who live in motels, which if you go, you know, to the hotels in Wareham, uh, the motels in Wareham, the motels that for years were up and down the Cranberry Highway for people that were going to visit the Cape and didn't want to pay Cape prices. So you would stay for 80 bucks a night at the, the motel in, in Wareham. Some of them have been bulldozed, but the ones that are around are all filled with people that live there, not people who are there temporarily. And in fact, Wareham had to start putting, um, they had to change bylaws to make it so that they could, it sounds heartless, but kick people out after a certain amount of time so that those temporary places could not become permanent housing. And and that's the real bulk of homelessness. And also, it's not just about those people either. It's also about the people who are constantly on the verge of losing their home, of losing the place that they're renting. And then, you know, they're just barely surviving, and then the, the landlord decides they're going to go up quite a high percentage on the rent. I did think that that, I did think that, that was something... I didn't take into account when the rent stabilization proposal first came up, I didn't take into account the idea that that landlords would, you know, the, the, the landlords that were worried about, the people who would double somebody's rent from one year to the other. I didn't take into account that they might hear this and get spooked and start deciding to raise the rents now. And, and Chris brought that up to Councillor Burgo last night, and he didn't seem to be as concerned about it. And my question, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash Councillor Burgo here. I'm just asking the questions that come up as a result of this. You're saying that you don't think that that's something worth worrying about, but yet you also said to me last week that you had not yet communicated with landlords about this. Now, that might have changed between Friday and Monday, but it, it was my understanding from what he was saying, landlords were not involved in this process. So how can you be so sure that they're not going to do that? I think what you'll actually get, I mean, and again, you will get some people who will get spooked and will raise it, but I think what you'll probably get from people is you'll have landlords sending out notices to their to their residents saying, hey, just so you know, this question is coming up on the ballot in November, and if you go and vote no, you don't want to see rent stabilization you know, you don't have to worry because I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do that kind of thing to you. And they're going to try to get their their tenants to vote the way that they want them to. And then if they get what they want, they can still go and do it anyway. Now, when I, you know, I would have conversations with my landlord over the years because not being the property owner, I felt like, I, you know, when it came to things that a property owner should be the, the person voting on, I didn't necessarily feel that it was my place to make those votes, um, or at least not without consulting him first as the property owner. And he doesn't live in town. He lives on the Cape. So I, this was the first house that he ever bought, and he's just held on to it all those years. And so I, I would call him up and say, just let's just talk about this and see, you know, here's what I think. Let's see what you think. And we would discuss it before. And I would, I would almost vote by proxy. 
well, you know, for as a proxy for him in some issues. You know, because uh, when the um, when we talked about town trash service, not when they passed it under the cover of darkness during the COVID pandemic with a ridiculous exclusivity for one company, which still grinds my gears because I had a perfectly fine company that I was happy to pay for every month. I loved the job they were doing and I had to get rid of them for a company that I didn't like because they gave exclusivity to them. But I also felt like when the conversation first started, he should have a say in that. And I kind of felt like he should have a say in it because I thought he was going to pick up the tab. But, you know, we, we talked about it and, and we discussed how it should go. And he said, you know, I'm happy to, you know, once a year rent a dumpster if you need to to, to clean up brush and all that kind of stuff on the property. But, you know, the regular trash is, will be part of your service. So when I get the bill, I will let you know that I get the bill. And then I said, well, you know what? Instead of giving me that $400 bill, how about we just add that into the, you know, so we were able to work it out between us. But I took into account what he thought when going to make that vote. So maybe maybe some landlords might try to use that technique. And maybe some of the you know, the questionable ones will do that and not keep their word. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. Uh, let's see. Uh, NB Resident says, I agree with the app chat. If you can't afford an apartment in New Bedford, find one in another city or state. I know people that have done just that. You know, that's not a solution to problems. The if you don't like it, leave is not an answer. If if you don't make enough money, pull yourself up by your bootstraps is not an answer. It may be a solution for some, but it's not it's not a blanket approach that works for everybody. And I know you're all going to start calling in or sending a message saying, well, that's what I did. Okay, but not everybody has that same opportunity or that same chance. Not everybody can pick up and move and leave and go somewhere else. Not everybody wants to leave their family behind to have to go somewhere else where it's cheaper. Some of these folks don't even drive. They want to live in the city so that they have access to public transportation. So it's, it's not as simple as if you don't like it, just go somewhere else. That doesn't solve the problem. That's ignoring the problem. Uh, HT New Bedford. Tim, do you think it's time to put in place some sort of tax for non-property owners or renters in the city to help reduce the burden on home and business owners? Municipal services are being used by renters. They are also using the roads, police, fire department, trash pickup, etc. I would not be opposed to a rent freeze. However, I believe renters should also be responsible to some degree to add to the tax burden. And in HT, I would say they're already doing that by paying the rent. So the landlord should be factoring, you know, if you're if you're doing it right in a way that you want to make sure that you're not losing money and and paying out of your own pocket for all of the uh, the taxes that you have to pay as the prop rental property owner you're already working that into what it is i mean a rent isn't an arbitrary number that people will just pick out of the sky and say yeah i think i'll charge that for this and see what happens 
they're they're taking into account what the mortgage is. They're taking into account what the property taxes are. They're taking into account what the water bill is because the the landlord has to pay the water bill. They're taking into account how much it might cost for trash service if they have to, you know, if it's a commercial property and they have to have commercial trash, uh, because not not every not every rental property in the city uh, has the same city service. Some some of them are have to have commercial accounts. So they're they're they should be working all that in and passing that on to the renter through the form of the rent. I, I distinctly remember when my landlord went up on my rent for the first time in, I don't know, like 12 years at that point, um, he cited the fact that the water bill had gone up immensely, that, that Wareham had basically tripled their water bill, their water rate. And so my first, uh, you know, my first response to that, because... I've lived there for a long time, and and I'm ha- and I was ha- and I don't want to have to go anywhere else. My first response was, well, okay, I understand needing to raise the rent fifty bucks after charging me a certain amount for for twelve years, but also, how about I pay half the water bill? Like if if you're supposed to pay it, but they keep raising the rates, I know that that's not fair to you. You know, I'll pay half the water bill. So what's the water bill? You know, two hundred bucks a month. I'll give you a hundred to to put toward that. And and he said, no, 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 just give me the 50 bucks a month and that should be make everything okay. Because he, you know, he was just a decent person. Well, he is a decent person. So I, you know, I understand that those prices are going to go up, but you, you work that into the rent um, so that you don't have to pass that on. You, you, so you don't have to charge somebody else uh, a, a property tax or or a services tax like that because then what happens if the person who's renting the apartment doesn't pay those taxes would the city want to have that person kicked out of their apartment for non-payment of taxes and then the landlord he's losing somebody that's paying the rent so i you know i think it just works better the way that it's worked for a long long time which is the landlord pays for all of that and passes those costs on to the renter. That is part of part of what the rental is. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, I do have to take a break, though. We'll be back in a few moments. okay if she's down at New Bedford Day today because they're going to have 80 degrees and sunny weather this afternoon in North Fort Myers at the Shell Factory. Well, today we're dealing with all these storms. So Phil Paleologis is going to be down there with everybody that's enjoying New Bedford Day. All of the transplants and snowbirds all getting together at the Shell Factory as they do each year. And Phil will be calling in live from the Shell Factory uh, throughout Barry's show and Howie's show as well. So stay tuned for all of that. He'll uh, he'll have people 
giving some shout-outs to folks back home and letting us know about all the fun they're having down there without us at New Bedford Day. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Phil will bring us back a, a magnet from the Shell Factory. That place, if you've never been there, is incredible. Huge gift shop, everything you could possibly think of, and they have a great restaurant across the street. Oh, man, fried grouper alligator tail, all kinds of great stuff there. So stay tuned for that. That'll be happening during Barry's show and during Howie's show. You will hear Phil live down at New Bedford Day. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. So, Tim, I listened to South Coast tonight for a little while last night. I had to mm-hmm. go someplace because I didn't hit the full thing. And um, I don't know. My impression is Chris McCarthy isn't for rent control. Uh, my impression is that... Um, uh, Marcus Farrell, uh, since he's the liberal on the show, he is for rent control. That's my impression. How I, about you? I know I've I know I've heard uh, Chris say that he is. I don't know if I uh, that he is against it. I should say. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah. I've heard Marcus say one way or the other. But no, well, Marcus is kind of like the and I don't think he wants to get into an argument with Chris, so he kind of you know backs off. But he's liberal, so I would think he might be for it. Now, how about you? So Are you for or against? Uh, it's it's going to sound a little weaselly of me, but I'm for putting it to the people to see what they think. Um, mainly because well, that's fair. I I think I I I would have a better opinion and a better um, thought about what I think about it if I knew more about what it would turn into being instead of just this abstract idea of rent stabilization. I like the idea of protecting renters. 100% I'm on board with that, but I also don't know what the proposal would look like and I think I would need to know what it is for me to to feel comfortable answering that question one one way or another. If the yes answer means that they're going to Tell us what that is. I guess that I would vote yes, but I'd like to know ahead of time what that is. And I think the onus now is on them to have something, at least a rudimentary plan in place before November comes. Well, I I think what happens in Boston is largely going to affect here one way or the other because Mayor Wu up there, I think she said something about if I got it right, either a 6% increase but no higher than 10 or something like that uh, per year. I think if I got it right, you all to talk about it. Uh, so w- whether the uh, state legislature allows that to happen, too, will have a lot to say about what happens over here in New Bedford. I-, I tend to believe that, you know, this isn't like buying a new car that you really can't afford, and then they come take the car, you know, because, you know, you bought a car that was too expensive for yourself. This is uh, sort of like food. You know, you have people that can't afford food, so they get SNAP benefits and things like that. Uh, it's... Uh, uh, you know, it's you, you. You need shelter to live, just like you need food to live. So, uh, you know, I'm, it, it's a tough, a, a tough thing because it's that important. It's not like, oh yeah, too. I I bought some clothes and I really shouldn't have bought these clothes because uh, they're too expensive for me or something like that. Although that's kind of uh, personal too, I guess. But uh, they got to have something. Uh, you know, for people to be able to live, I I don't know. You know, especially if they don't want to move out of New Bedford. Uh, I I think one of the things that came out of the discussion too is changing uh, some of the bylaws in New Bedford about uh, maybe if you want to have an in-law apartment on your third mm-hmm. floor attic I'm, or something I'm, like that. I am all for that for the accessory dwellings. Yes, I am all for that option. Well, I even again uh, driving around a Kushnet Avenue in that area there, which used to be heavily uh, with shops, and it still has shops too. You drive by some of those shops there, and they're really not open. You know, it's it's a former place where somebody had a business, and maybe that could be converted to some sort of uh, you know uh, rental for people to live. 
you know. The, now, the downside to that is if you are going to, and this is probably why the city has been um, so nervous about the, the accessory dwelling, is because you really have to make sure that those are heavily inspected because not some some people's spaces they might want to build those those uh, apartments in might not already be as safe as they should be. Well, so again, just do your job, you know. Right. It, we, I think we had a fire a while back that they said that wasn't inspected either, you know. They got to get off their uh, their backside and and go do your job. You know that's what it boils down to. Not sit in city hall and say, oh well, you know that sort of stuff. If that's what they're supposed to be doing, inspecting. Uh, you've got uh, firemen too, and I know there's a, quite a few fires in the city. Uh, maybe the, you know the fire department could do some of the inspection from that point of view. Uh, maybe not the whole uh, crew, but you know uh, a couple of guys or so going around, or ladies, uh, and, and inspecting the stuff. You know. Uh, the, the, the city's in transition. And, uh, you know, somebody else pointed out on the show, too, that uh, I guess they're at, they, they tried to build a, a, a unit for people in the north end up in Sasequin near the, the, the Oaks. And uh, the thing got burnt down or something, and that's it. Because, and I guess to, to build these multi-buildings uh, for people to live in, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a hassle in New Bedford, uh, the... Uh, the bylaws, I guess, they have that you have to follow. Uh, they're much better for people to build, if they can, a single house. And I don't know, is it the gentrification of New Bedford? And yeah. uh, is, is New Bedford really material to be gentrified? It's always been, in the past, a blue-collar city. Uh, and, and again, I, and I, I think it'll stay that way too. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't see the train being here, and people are going to live here, and and, and and go all the way up to Boston on the train and live here. I think you done ended that conversation when he gave up being <laughs> the when he gave up being a uh, you know uh, a city councilor. You know? I, I I think you'll see people from the city come down on a Saturday to to yeah. come and visit some of the great stuff that's going on, which is a huge benefit for us. Yeah. And I don't think it'll really have that much of an impact. I got to hold you there just because I got to take my final break. Okay, my friend. Yep. Take care of yourself. Thank you for the Bye-bye. call. Yep. And uh, and and by the way, just the, the things that the caller was discussing, you know, some of these changes that have to be made. I'm sure that that is the plan to start looking at all of those and analyzing all of those. I don't mean to speak for Councillor Burgo or the other councillors, but I'm sure that that is future steps. But that they look at the rent stabilization as a way to um, secure things while they can start working on some of those other issues. So it would be, it, uh, for lack of a better term, it would be a band aid to stop the bleeding. But they also know that they have to fix the disease in the first place. That might have been a terrible analogy. I'm sorry. Uh, With that in mind, let me talk about food. (laughs) If you're looking for some really good food, I can promise you, you will always find it at Barrels and Boards. I was thinking the other day about there. They have a Portuguese pizza that they make. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, why don't I have one of those in my freezer? Why don't I have any Barrels and Boards pizzas in my freezer right now? Right now, my fridge, my freezer, they're empty. So I'm going to have to head on up to the Barrels and Boards marketplace and stock up because not only do they have frozen pizzas and all their signature flavors, they have pre-made meals, which are always great for me because of my work schedule. I can just toss them in the oven, warm them up, and have a Barrels and Boards meal at home. They also have all the ingredients you can get to make your own version of a Barrels and Boards meal at home, uh, and including some of the same great quality meats and seafoods that they use in the restaurant itself. So go and check out the Marketplace. It's definitely worth the trip. Head on down Route 140, 
Go around the Taunton Green, head up 138, just a couple miles down the road there. Barrels and Boards, the restaurant is right there, and the marketplace is right next to that. And you can check them out online at barrelsandboardsma.com. That's barrels, the letter N, boardsma.com. Back after a break. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.